As you're being seated, if you'll find your Bibles and open them up with me to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. I was not here last week, so I want to say to you, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And today is the first official Sunday of 2018. I missed you all last week, not being here with you, but we were able to enjoy some good, good family time, and I pray that you had a fantastic Christmas, and I'm thankful that each of you survived the great Arctic blast of 2018. And on New Year's Day, as you guys were freezing, it was uh, 55 degrees and warm up in the mountains. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but it just worked out. And I was reading my scriptures, and God led me to a verse that has really become my, my verse for 2018. And so I'm breaking away from Luke today to talk to you about this verse from Romans chapter 15. And I want to share it with you, and my prayer is that the truth that is within this scripture will be a reality within your life this year. So look with me, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this verse begins with a very powerful word. It's a word that when you read this verse, it would be easy just to hydroplane right over, but it's a power word. And that word is the word now. The word now is powerful because it pivots us. It causes us to pivot from the past to the future. So within the context of this book, written by the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul has been looking back at all that God has done. And he has discussed how God created it all. He has discussed how God called Abraham to be his chosen person that the nation of Israel would form through and how Israel came about and how God through Israel's history made sovereign choices that continued to advance the story of the gospel along. And Paul looks back and he remembers the birth of Christ and he remembers how Christ has lived a life that none of us could live and how Christ was betrayed, he was beaten, he was crucified and he died as a sacrifice for your sins and mine. And he recalls how Christ has overcome death so that all who believe might have eternal life in him. And Paul looks back and he recalls how the early church formed and how the gospel began to expand to all the nations and, and people all over the empire. And then today, all over the world have heard the message of Christ and how God has orchestrated all these things in, in the history of, of creation, the history of, of the world, and, and all this looking back leads him to say with great confidence and boldness this one simple word, now. Now. Here's where we arrive. You see, because I, ha I, I know what God has done, I have hope in what God will do, and that leads me to have peace in what God is doing. Now, 
this moment, today, here we are. You know, whenever you look back at where you've already been, I would imagine that in your past, you have some sorrows. You've done some things that were wrong, things that we call sin. You've made some bad calls along the way. And a lot of people in this room have had other people do some things to you that are very, very wrong. People hurt you. And so we arrive at this word now. And you ask yourself this question. Are you going to let those past sorrows rob you of the now? I believe that God desires to do great things in your life. I believe that God has blessings that He wants to bring to you now, but sometimes we don't have any room for those blessings because we're so stuck in what has been. I believe we should learn from the past. We should not ignore the past, but we cannot live in the past. As you look back, you also see that you've had some past successes. There have been some things that You've done well. You may have done very well in your career. Perhaps you've done well in education. Perhaps you're really happy about some of the things that you've been, to be a, you've been, been able to be a part of. Maybe God has blessed you immeasurably, and perhaps you even have some talents that come from heaven above. But then we arrive at now, and we realize that despite everything that you've done in the past, you're still alive today Which means this, there are still things that the divine creator of the universe desires you to be a part of and desires you to do. For those of us who are Christians, when we look at our past, we see that there's been ups, there's been downs, there's been good days, there's been bad days. But as a Christian, there is one constant, and that is the love of God. The grace of God. I love this passage from Romans chapter 8 and verse 35 that begins with a question. It says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? And then he begins listing various things in the world around us. Can can affliction? How about anguish or persecution? Famine, nakedness, danger or sword? He goes on to say in verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so, now we pivot from what has been to what will be. We move from looking back to looking forward, and we look forward with this this word that sometimes is hard to really catch and really seize. This word that we call Hope. Look at the verse again. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy 
and peace. Now, have you ever thought about God within that title as the God of hope? Have you ever thought of God that way? The God of hope. Now, what this means is that hope belongs to God. He is the Lord of hope. He rules over hope. So, when hope gets up in the morning, God sets hope's agenda. God says, okay, hope, here's your cup of coffee, and here's your to-do list for today. Whenever, whenever hope drops its head in disappointment, God comes alongside hope, puts his arm around hope, and says, it's going to be okay, I'm here. Whenever hope decides uh, it's ready to quit, I can't take another step, God. I can't go any further. Whenever hope thinks about quitting, God says, no, you're not going to quit. In fact, you're going to keep going. You say, but God, I, I can't keep going. Well, the God of hope says, okay, then I'll pick you up and I'll carry you along because I'm the God of hope. He rules over it. Hope belongs to God. Now, this is very different than what you hear in secular society because in secular society, we have to manufacture hope. We have to find it. We have to discover it. We have to try to conquer it. In Christian thought, hope comes from God. So hope is not something that you seize by wishful optimism. Hope is something God has already seized. And hear this part. Whenever he, whenever God's love seizes you, you are eternally bound in hope. Godly hope. The verse says that godly hope is going to fill you with something. Specifically, it's going to fill you with all joy and peace. So let's talk about those two words, joy and and peace. The word joy comes from a Greek word, kara. It's closely uh, linked to another Greek word, uh, charis. My daughter's named charis. We Americanized that from the Greek word charis, which means grace. And so in Christian thought, joy and grace are very closely linked together. So to be joyful is to have a gladness or a cheerfulness about you. Something is different. Why? Because your life is not defined by your circumstances. To be joyful is to have a life that is defined by God's grace. So we're joyful. And being joyful, we take out our now. We take out now and we discover that the stains of the past, they're no longer there. The past has been cleaned by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the future is secure because the future has been secured by the sovereignty and the grace of God Almighty. And so that fills me with something. It fills me with elusive joy. But it gets better. The Bible, the God of hope, fills me with joy and peace. Now, if you were here Christmas Eve, you may recall that I had a prayer request that Sunday. And that prayer request was for my sanity because I was going to be traveling 600 miles with four children that are 10 and under. And so I asked you guys to to pray for me. Uh, you see, when we come to your house these days, we don't come to visit. 
we invade. It's, it's just wild. You say, well, how did it go, Lash? Well, it was loud. It was real loud. It was totally, completely chaotic. It was exhausting in every way. Long days. But it was also peaceful. Why? How can it be peaceful? Because I was spending it with the people that I love most on planet Earth. You see, godly peace does not mean the absence of difficulty or the absence of conflict. Godly peace does not mean that we sit on clouds and play harps while wearing a diaper. That's not what godly peace is all about. When the God of hope fills you with peace, it means you have rest and quiety and tranquility of the soul no matter the circumstances around you. It is something that people cherish to have an inner spirit of peace knowing that you are secured in the love of God and that your future is secured in the hope of God. And so you have a peace that is not defined by the outside world, but you have a peace that is a gift of God that is inside of you from the God of hope. But continue to hang on to this verse because this joy and peace is not meant to be safety sealed for your protection and preservation. This joy and peace is not meant to merely be hidden within you and to never come out and to never be shared. In fact, look at the verse again. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. That's what we've been talking about so far. But look at the next part. As you believe in him so that you may, everybody say with me, overflow. So that you may overflow with hope. Every morning, whenever I wake up, one of the first things that I do is I stagger out to the kitchen and I get one of those K-cups and I put it in the coffee maker. Yes, I know I could lower my coffee cost and I will eventually get along to it, but around to it. But anyway, I get one of those K-cups and I put it in the coffee maker and then the coffee maker takes hot water and it passes it through the K-cup where the coffee grounds are And out of the machine flows a wonderful cup of java. Ah, And it gets you going in the morning, you know what I mean? And you finally are ready to face the world. Well, in the same way, every morning when we as Christians wake up, we are to place our faith in Christ. And then Christ fills us with this joy and this peace, and that joy and peace flows through our life, and out of our life flows hope. Hope. Do you realize that Christians should be the most hopeful people on the planet? Because our future has been secured by the God of hope. We should drain ourselves of anxiety and wonderment and fear and instead find ourselves filled with a confidence and a hope that comes from above because we are secure in Christ. And what's going to separate you from the love of God? Nothing. What this means practically in the discussion of life, in the internet of thoughts that is our world, 
you have something to share. You bring something to the discussion that is unique. As a Christian, you bring peace, joy, hope, love to the discussion. Now think about this. Nearly every movie that's out, nearly every novel on the uh, bestseller list, at some level is about people chasing love, joy, peace, and or hope. Love, joy, peace, hope. Everybody wants these things. Everybody desires these things. People spend their whole lives chasing after love, joy, peace, and hope. And the Scriptures tell us that as a believer in Christ, you have it. These are gifts that the God who loves you so has given to you and is in you. But it's not meant to be preserved within you and hoarded by you. It's meant to overflow into the world around you. You see, families are changed when the love and hope that God has placed within us overflows into the relationships within the home. Communities are changed when Christian people, when churches, when the love and hope that God has placed within us begins to overflow into our schools and our streets and our stores, that's when you really see community transformation, when the transformation of the heart overflows into the reality of life. So the verse says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him, as you place your faith in Him, as you surrender the totality of yourself to Him, and you begin to find your identity anew in Christ, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace so that you may overflow with hope. He say, Lash, sign me up. I, I want this for 2018. I want this to be my verse too. Well, what can I do to get it? There's only one thing you can do. Surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, one of the key parts of the verse here is that so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Within Scripture, there is this tension that is often communicated between Walking in the flesh and walking in the Spirit. When I walk in the flesh, I'm essentially seizing life as if I am God. And so I'm making my decisions. I'm charting my course. I'm living and finding confidence in myself. I'm walking in the flesh. But whenever I am believing in Him, as the verse says, then I am surrendering myself to the Spirit and I am being led by the Spirit. We talk about in Scripture being filled by the Holy Spirit. And the Scriptures talk about what's called the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruits of walking in the Holy Spirit? People that are genuinely walking with God will demonstrate these fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the qualities of someone that is walking with the Holy Spirit. And so every day you have to begin this, you have to make this decision. Am I going to walk in the flesh today? Or am I going to surrender myself to the Holy Spirit? Am I going to live life as if I'm God? Or am I going to 
trust God for my life. For you to have peace and joy that overflows as hope, you must have the power of the Holy Spirit guiding you. You can't just self-help this. You can't just will this. This has to be something that God is doing within you. So if you want this peace and joy, if you want this hope, you have to draw near to the God of hope, walk in the Spirit, and He begins to change you and change your perspective and grow you. I have a deep desire to see you grow spiritually. And the most important thing that you can do to grow spiritually in 2018 is to place your faith and your life in the God of hope and to live your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If if we do that, there's no telling what we will see God do in 2018. Would you all be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please? We're going to come to a point in the service where we sing and we pray. We'll have an opportunity to give of our resources so that the ministries can be fully funded. But here we are. Here we are. This is our now moment. And here's my prayer for you on this first Sunday of 2018. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You come here this morning and you're a Christian. You know the Lord. But maybe right now needs to be a moment where you give your heart anew to the Lord of the universe. Perhaps you need to call out to Him and say, Heavenly Father, I place myself in You. And I pray that the God of hope will fill me with joy and peace. I pray, Lord, that You will drain me of anger. I pray, Lord, that You will drain me of anxiety. But may You fill me with joy and peace, so much so that it it overflows my life and that this hope that comes from You is shared with the people that I love the most and that this hope that comes from You begins to transform my church and my community and my home. I pray, Lord, that You might change me and fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. You might have come in here today and and you're seeking something. And as we've been unfolding this verse, God has spoken to you and you find your heart, you find your heart warmed by the Spirit of God. And this is the moment that God is calling you to trust in Christ as Savior and Lord. And so right now you just need to call out to Him and say, God, I've done some things that are wrong. I have sinned, and I pray, Father, for your forgiveness. I've tried to live life on my own, by my own rules, but now I'm surrendering to Christ and I, I am placing my faith in Jesus Christ today as my Savior and as my Lord. And I, I want this to be my day of salvation where all things become new in Christ. 
And so, Father, in this church service, I give myself to you. And I pray for you to begin a work in me that comes from you. Hey, church, I love being your pastor. If I can pray with you, if I can encourage you in anything, it's always my joy to do so. Today is the day where you're trusting in Christ as Savior and Lord. I want to know. I'll be here during this next song. You can come see me. I'll be here after the service as well. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing, what you plan to do, and for what you've done. And we pray that we might have our jaws drop in amazement as we see you do things that only God can do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. It's in Jesus' name we have our hope. Amen.